The following podcast is going to contain, well, bonus material. This is an old podcast episode is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Enjoy and proceed at your own risk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. This is a bonus episode, as I said there at the beginning. So yes, we are trying to fill some time between episodes. Episodes? I keep doing that. Seasons two and three. And today I'm going to bring you uh, another old episode of Just Another Fanboy. This is about 12 years old or so. Uh, I believe based on the comics I talk about, this is from July of 2008. And one of the things that happens in the episode is I listen to or or play some or read some. Now I can't remember. I I used to do this thing called listeners feedback and people would write in and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. But listening back to it when I was putting this together and getting this ready, it just made me really kind of sad a little because back then there used to be this whole community of comic book podcasters that talk to each other all the time online. And, and it, it, it all came about because of the comic geek speak podcast and they had a, a forum and then they turned that forum into allowing a lot of these, uh, comic book podcasts. We had our own forums within the forum for our podcasts and, it, it was just a great community. And, and there may still be something like that around there. There, for all I know, there's a Discord server out there that a lot of these folks that I used to hang out with online back then, they're all hanging out over there. I, I don't know. I don't listen to Comic Geek Speak anymore. So that may be part of the problem. But anyway, here's your episode. Enjoy it. Offer me money. Yes. Power to promise me that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, episode number 74, a Lynx Broadcasting Production. Welcome to episode number 74 of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and it's Monday night, so it must be time for Just Another Fanboy. I got some stuff for you this week. It wouldn't be a show unless I had some stuff, right? Right? I don't know. I'm just talking to nobody. But hey, before I get going, I want to tell you about a dream I had just this past weekend. In the dream, I was drafted into the Army, and I was a 36-year-old man drafted into the Army, and probably 90% of the dream was very sad because not only was I drafted, I was told that I was, uh, during the minimum two-year time frame, that I was to be in the Army, 
I was not allowed any contact with the outside world whatsoever. However, I was able to bring along my laptop and podcast. So I had that, I guess. But um, most of the dream actually was kind of sad because I started thinking about my kids and how I wasn't going to see them grow up over the next two years. And so I spent a, 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 a great portion of this dream crying like a little girl. And, uh, I mean, have you ever had dreams like that before where, I mean, not necessarily that you're drafted in the army, but where something sad has happened and you spend most of the dream crying? I mean, I've, I've, I have dreams like this every once in a while, like a friend dies and I spend, again, most of the dream just bawling my freaking eyes out. And this was one of those dreams. Um, there actually was a, a happy side to the dream as, as I show up to, to boot camp, I find that my unit that I'm being placed in, uh, there's two fellow podcasters in this same unit, and that's Brad and Frank from the Half Hour Wasted podcast. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak too much on my dream in, you know, the, the portion of the dream that involves the two of them. The reason is because I've already sent an audio clip. I put together a little clip as it were, and sent it to Brad and Frank over at Half Hour Wasted talking about their portion of the dream. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't have guarantees, but I'm pretty sure they're going to post that on an upcoming episode of Half Hour, Half Hour Wasted. Of course, I say this not knowing, you know, I haven't, like I said, they haven't told me, hey, send us, send us something, Big Steve, because, you know, that's what they call me. If, you know, if they were going to call me something, I'm sure they'd call me Big Steve. But, uh, you know, they didn't say, hey, Big Steve, send us send us a little audio clip and uh, we'll put it on the show. But you know what? I'm trying a little cross promotion idea here. So keep an eye out for Half Hour Wasted because they just might play it on their show. All right. OK. Uh, yeah. Not much else to talk about. I have I, I'm reading uh, the Born Identity. Uh, by Robert Ludlum, Ludlum, and uh, I am not even halfway through that yet, so I don't want to really speak on it too much until I finish the book, uh, other than to say that I don't want to compare it to the movie at all, simply because the book was written and is set in 1975, so you'll probably be able to figure out the obvious differences between the book and the movie just just by that fact alone all right okay so um i'm gonna be i'm gonna start not really a new segment this this week um instead of doing listeners feedback i'm going to be doing listener participation and that'll come at the end of the show and i've got some good 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 stuff for you you know what I'm saying? The kind of stuff that'll make you say, shkadoosh. That's how good this stuff's going to be. So before we, oh, 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 I do want to mention this. Um, by using a recommendation from a feller at work, 
I got the movie Meet the Robinsons from Netflix because uh, this dude at work said, uh, have your kids seen uh, Meet the Robinsons? It's not really what he sounds like, but that's the voice I'm going to use for him. Uh, have you, your kids, uh, they, they seen that uh, the Meet the Robinsons movie? Yeah, they, they might like that. It's, it's a Disney movie. It's, uh, you know, it's entertaining. It's uh, CGI. So I got it. And uh, kids love it. Not as much as young Rana. She loves it the most, and uh, she likes to she likes to quote from the movie quite often. Kids only four. She's quoting movies. Matter of fact, uh, every night before bed, because Ron is the middle child, and I am a middle child, so I try to set aside some time for Rana and I to let her know, you know, you're the middle child. I don't sit her down in a chair and stick my finger in her face and say, you are the middle child. But I, I try to uh, spend some time with her, you know, make sure she's not left out. Because you got Simon on one end who's autistic, and we try to spend as much time with him as possible. And anytime he does something great, it's, hey, all right, Simon, celebration, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other end, you've got the baby, Palin, and, you know, she gets all kinds of attention because she's the youngin. So the middle child, and of course... I can relate, not only being a middle child, but being the only member of the family with red hair, you know, didn't hear that joke often enough, redheaded stepchild, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, especially considering my mother ran a daycare and my father was a mailman, you know, what is that, what are they trying to say? Anyway, back to the story, uh, I was having our daily, just before bed, Ron and Daddy time, where we lay on our bed and we just talk. And, uh, we were, she was quoting lines from, from Meet the Robinsons. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So if you got kids and you haven't seen Meet the Robinsons, go out and rent it. Cause it's, it is, uh, a truckload of fun. That's, that's, they should put that on the box. Quote, truckload of fun dash just another fanboy. That's what they should do. All right. Let's talk some comics. <laughs> So I was looking over my list of books I read for the past week, and yes, I do keep a list. That's about as um, it's about as hardcore as I get with my habit. But uh, I was looking through the list and trying to come up with a top five, and with the exception of maybe three, I I I have a top three. We'll put it that way. But uh, nothing really jumped out and grabbed me as uh, really standing out for the week other than the uh, aforementioned top three. So uh, let me just run down some of the books I read. Um, I'm not a big X-Men reader. Uh, I've read um, Astonishing X-Men, the Joss Whedon run. Loved it. Loved it. didn't care too much for the the newest issue, the Warren Ellis, Simone Bianchi 
issue, so probably won't be reading any more of that. However, um, knowing that I will not no longer be reading any more Astonishing X-Men, I kind of felt that I needed to fill that X-Men void. And upon the heels of Uncanny X-Men number five coming out this past week, um, I tracked down um, with the help of Ms. Katonic. Thank you. Um, the X-Men Messiah Complex. And then I read through all that, which I loved. And then I read issues 495 through 499, which, again, really enjoyed. Uh, Ed Brubaker is is writing those. And, you know, I'm deeply smitten with Ed Brubaker, so I, I'm not sure why I didn't jump on Uncanny before. Um, it probably has something to do with the fact that there's there's just something about the X-Men uh, other than some of the, the core members like Wolverine, uh, Colossus, and Nightcrawler, team doesn't really do anything for me and, and never really has, uh, except for back in the Claremont burn days. Uh, and even the, the Claremont John Romita Jr. days, cause those, those were some good issues. I remember reading a lot of those, but, uh, I really enjoyed for, uh, Messiah Complex and Uncanny X-Men 495 to 499. And then, uh, issue number 500 comes out and I read through it and, eh, didn't really like it and honestly had nothing to do with Ed Brubaker. And I, I, I don't like to speak negative about other creators, but I just was not feeling the Greg Land art. Just was not feeling it at all. And actually the issue was written by Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction, two of my most favorite writers. And, uh, the art chores were split up between uh, Greg Land and, uh, Terry Dodson. And even the Terry Dodson stuff, which typically I really enjoy, eh, didn't really do anything for me. It, the, the, the thing about the Dodsons, cause he, uh, his wife, I guess, inks, from what I understand, all their characters look like they're made out of plastic. Is it just me? They look very plastic. Um, but yeah, it just was not feeling the, the sequential art, as it were. Um, I also read Secret War, not the really awesome, and I say that with no sarcasm whatsoever, and I say that with no sarcasm whatsoever. Uh, nothing to do with the really awesome, uh, 80, was it 85? Oops, oh, the mic just went crazy. The, the 1985 mini Secret Wars. Um, no, I'm talking about Secret War, which came out, I don't know, five years ago, maybe, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, art was all fully painted by, uh, let me look through my notes. I'm not going to be able to find it. I, some guy, some, somebody, um, Gabe, Gabriel Del Otto did the, uh, fully painted art. I, I enjoyed that. That was all right. Um, I, I've always wanted to see this. I, I had high hopes for the series because from what I understood or the, the mini, uh, because it's, You've got like Wolverine and Daredevil and Spider-Man and Luke Cage um, with Captain America and Nick Fury basically going to uh, overthrow the government in Latveria, which at the time was not being run by Doctor Doom. <laughs> I didn't know that because the last I read any anything with Doctor Doom in Latveria was in the old uh, Fantastic Four days way back in the day when Byrne was doing it and uh Old Doom was 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 fully in control back then, but uh, they had some uh, 
prime minister or something in control of Latveria, which the American government helped put into place. And then Nick Fury comes across this plot that she, this prime minister is trying to destroy America. And anyway, he has to go with these heroes and covertly under the radar of the American government, take it down. And I, I, I have always wanted to see a story with some of the major Marvel characters uh, in like a military type situation, but out of costume. And I thought I was going to get it with this, but didn't because they were in costume, but it was not their typical costumes though. That, that, you know, honestly, that's the part I didn't understand. It's like, we're you because Nick Fury even tells him at one point that you're going to do this. There are no costumes on this one. You're, you know, it's going to be uh, under the radar. Nobody's going to know you won't be in costume, but they were just slight variations. I mean, Spider-Man was obviously Spider-Man. Daredevil was obviously Daredevil. Captain America, obviously Captain America. But uh, so that didn't I mean, I liked it. But one of these days, I'll, I'll, I'll get what I I'll get what I want out of that Marvel Comics. Uh, also from Marvel, I read New Avengers number 43. Uh, this was another secret invasion tie in and honestly can't even remember what it was about. Savage Land. Uh, oh, it was all about the, uh, cap, the squirrel Captain America that's running around in, in the Savage Land and how he becomes Captain America. Or, yeah, how the squirrel becomes Captain America and, uh, ultimately didn't care. Um, Justice League of America, Amazo, back in it, didn't care. DC Comics. War Heroes, number one from Image Comics. This is with, uh, Mark Miller writing and, uh, Tony Harris on art and was really looking forward to this. And I'm sure somewhere down the line, the series will pick up, but the first issue didn't really do anything for me. A bunch of negative. I'm a negative, negative Norman, negative Norman Trinity. Number eight. Good. Still really intrigued by the Trinity uh, book. It's looking to uh, really start picking up. Uh, got to understand it is going to be 52 issues so it's going to take a little bit to really start picking up um so let's go to my top three number three was from dc comics issue number one of ambush bug year none now i have never before reading this issue read any ambush bug stories at all and this was written by keith giffen Uh, i believe he did the art in it too because it's very Looks very much like the Keith Giffen art that you would see in um, The Heckler, which was a series I really, a mini I really enjoyed from Keith Giffen, um, and Trencher, which he did over at um, Image Comics. Um, it's a very silly, carefree romp through the DC universe. If you're looking for a book that has a lot of DCU in jokes, but something that you do not in any way want to take seriously at all read ambush bug year none issue one uh laugh out loud i'll say that because i i sure did um i need to now go back and see if i can find some some of the old ambush bug stuff because i i really enjoyed it um number two from marvel comics Daredevil, number 109, written by Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka, with art by Michael Lark and Stefano Guidano. Um, 
You know, frankly, and it's funny, this is probably why I should be keeping um, notes as I read this stuff, because I, I marked it as, as my top two, my, my number two out of three this week. But looking it over, I don't really remember what happened in it. So that's, ah, let's skip that one. All right, number one this week from Image Comics is Proof Number 10 by uh, Alex Grecian and Riley Rosmo. And this kind of goes hand in hand with, um, uh, Frag, what was the name of that book? Um, eh, let me look through my, my list here because now I can't think of the Monster Pileup. Is that what it was called? Blippity bloppity. Yes, Monster Pileup number one, also from Image Comics. This features four short, all new stories. Um, uh, one about the astounding Wolfman, one about Fire Breather, one about Perhapanots, and one about Proof. And honestly, the only one I read <laughs> so far was the uh, the story involving Proof because I love that book so much. And it um, following the revelation in issue number nine of Proof, where we find out that uh, the the Bigfoot John Proofrock has at least been around since the time of Thomas Jefferson, uh, which I found really intriguing. And I'm looking forward to, uh, getting to that kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm in, I, I'm loving what I'm reading so far, but I'm really looking forward to hopefully, uh, the guys going in and, and really getting into some heavy backstory for proof. And, um, they do that. They touch on it in monster pileup number one, um, with, uh, Lewis and Clark, um, on their little expedition and they're, they're kind of camped out in this cabin and something or someone is leaving, uh, like at one point a, a deer and, uh, freshly killed for them to eat. And, um, up comes old John Proofrock, who at the time was, uh, I don't know if you could call him a boy cause he's a Bigfoot, but a young boy like Bigfoot and didn't go by the name John Proofrock at the time, but, uh, he's trying to make friends with Lewis and Clark and that's kind of where it ends. You know, it's kind of open ended. It's like, and it tells, you, you know, read proof comics for more on the story. So I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, proof number 10, however, uh, is called Thunderbirds are go and dealing with, um, a cryptids called Thunderbirds and, um, kind of starts out with, uh, proof, in this uh, small rural farm area and this uh, giant buzzard-like bird attacks this little boy and tries to carry him off and, and proof uh, basically saves this kid's hiney. And uh, this, uh, this, this kid's mom attacks proof and she's got a shotgun. Get your paws off my boy, she tells him and calls him a demon and locks him up in this... Um, in this, uh, in this barn, basically. And the kid is really sick. And she goes off to tell her, uh, preacher or pastor at this church, whatever. They're all in there singing and dancing. And she comes in and tells him, I got, I got the devil, I, the, the devil. He came for my boy. He's trapped in my barn. And she tells him, and, and, uh, but then we go back to proof. And, um, the boy is sick and he's got a fever. So proof breaks out of the, the barn to, to take the kid to a doctor. But, Whatever this kid has that's making him sick is now making proof sick, and he's starting to to become a little delusional, 
and uh, there's also some some story in there with his uh, partner who um, has gone back to New York. She's decided that she's going to stick. Uh, Ginger's decided she's going to stick with the lodge, stay with you know working with the lodge, which is who Proof works for, and her and newly appointed um, Elvis Chestnut who's also now working for the lodge. They go back to New York to collect her things and she runs into her boyfriend who she kind of left behind when she went to, to see what was up with the lodge and he proposes to her. So, uh, that's, they kind of let, let, leave that off there. So a lot of good stuff going on in proof. It's a great book. You really need to read it. Um, you've got a, uh, like a $9 trade out right now, the goat sucker. So there's really no excuse for you not to be reading proof, um, especially if you like the paranormal, the, 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 the whole cryptozoology type stuff. Um, and if, and if you like a story that if it continues, if people keep buying the book, then image will keep publishing the book. You can see that you can kind of see where they're going to start going. You know, they're, they're going to start really building a rich history, um, about proof. Cause he does, he's, you know, hundreds of years old. And, uh, so yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, even if you don't buy the book, I'll put you in a headlock. All right. So those are my comics. Uh, we'll take a break and, uh, we'll come back with audience, 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 listener participation. <laughs> And listener participation is a go. Now, I was checking the old Gcast site today just before I started recording to see if, uh, you know, maybe I might get a new voicemail. You know, hope springs eternal, as they say. And lo and behold, there was a voicemail there. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, let's listen to that sucker now. Hmm. This is uh this is Steven from the uh well, from this podcast. And uh yeah, seems like the uh voice line's working just fine. Uh don't understand why ain't nobody calling. That's uh that's all I gotta say, except for maybe skadoosh. <laughs> See what I did there? Trying to throw the old guilt trip down. Hopefully it works. Probably won't. All right, so uh, I got an email that I'd like to read you. This comes from Noogie99, and uh, old Noogie says, I don't have anything to say. I just like hearing my screen name, Noogie99, on podcasts out on the interwebs. But seriously, it was cool when you had your son on a couple of episodes ago. Do you buy him or the other kids any comics? I have a little girl who is nine months. I get Tiny Titans, Super Friends, and Franklin Richards, Son of a Genius, to read for her uh, for bedtime stories. In addition, I bought subscriptions to Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic X for my niece, who is 10. She's more into the video games and comics, but she likes those. Hopefully, she'll turn into a comic fan. Thanks for the show, Noogie99. Um, first of all, Noogie99. Can I say that again? Noogie99. Uh, thanks for the email. Um, I don't actually at this point get comics for Simon. 
the girls don't really they're they're not reading quite yet. Simon is is reading very well, but uh he has a tendency to pretty much tear to shreds any <laughs> literature that is given to him. He cuz he not that he's just like this this frothing at the mouth animal boy. He just uh he just gets so into stuff that he just you know, he just he pours over them and over and over and over and over until there's just nothing left of them. Um so as soon as I can teach him the value of taking care of uh, his stuff, then I yeah I, I plan on getting comics for him. As a matter of fact, um, a year or two from now, I'd really like to uh, not only get him reading comics, but either just stop this podcast altogether and start a new one with just me and Simon, or just have him become a regular part, have his own regular segment on the show where he can talk about the comics he's read. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. I'd like to do that. Um, now I, I have a couple things here from my, uh, what should I talk about thread, uh, stuff that, you know, basically I, I, I get stuff in there, uh, little weird things that people want me to say anywhere in the show and just kind of throw them in as part of a na- the natural conversation. And for those of you playing at home may have noticed one at least, uh, Maybe even twice the same one. You know what I'm talking about, Mr. Nugent. Um, but some of the stuff were actually suggestions, uh, serious or not, for the show. And one of them comes from Just Bill, uh, who hosts the uh, Just Bill's Drawer Box, which um, he kind of tricked me into listening to. And uh, I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying his podcast. Um, he has this podcast where basically he's got, and I think I talked about this before, but the man has millions of comics. I picture him with one of those towers like Scrooge McDuck had in DuckTales, just filled with comics that he swims in. But he's he's had this project where he's, he is taking all his comic books and putting them into a database and he apparently has a lot of boxes that nothing is really sorted. So he just grabs a handful and starts entering into the database. And then he's able to look at comics that he hasn't seen or read in a long time. And it's like, oh, my God, I forgot I even had this. And he talks about them on the show. So it's really fun. If, if you like shows that are just about uh, a mix of older and newer books and maybe some really obscure stuff that, that you yourself used to read and haven't thought of in a long time, that's that's the show for you. But he he posted over there, he said he wants to see a new segment on the show called Judge a Book by Its Cover. And he says this is a, a segment where where I would pick a comic at comicbookdb.com at random that I've never read before and give my opinions and thoughts on the book based solely on the cover. And then he continues, then his homework, you and the listeners, me and, and you guys, track down and read it to find out how accurate I am. Um when I first read this, I, I did, I literally laughed out loud because it's, it's genius. Um, but here's the thing. I like to pride myself on being the laziest man in podcasts. And this sounds like a lot of work. Otherwise, I would be all over this. Um, but hey, thanks for the suggestion. Uh, just sounds like a lot, sounds like a lot of work, man. Come on. Uh, Drew, the Nuge Nugent. Wants me to give my opinion on the Dark Knight movie, even though he says I haven't actually seen the movie. And he wants me to talk about comic book movies in general for a bit. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, 
just simply because movies based on comic books are bad for the environment. Al Gore told me so personally. All right, so uh, that's really all I have. Um, you know, honestly, there there was something in here that uh, one of the listeners, I think it was Miskatonic, posted, wanted me to use the word serendipitousness, having a quality pertaining to serendipity. And I've been thinking about this for the past few days, and I just can't figure out. I've been, I, I, I don't know how to fit it in. But uh, that's very serendipitousness. I don't even know if that's a real word, man. Okay. <sighs> All right. Um. You know what? I do want to talk a minute about Pee Wee's Playhouse because uh, Drew wanted me to talk about Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, that's a great show. Pee-wee's Playhouse. You know, actually, Drew, if you're doing your homework, you'd know that I talked about Pee-wee's Playhouse quite, quite, quite a few episodes ago. So, uh, again, you're batting no for two there, my friend. Two things you want me to talk about, not gonna. You know what I'm saying? Skadoosh. That's all I'm gonna say. So, uh, that was, uh, listener participation. Actually, no. Oh, my goodness. I forgot to play this. I've got a, uh, uh an audio clip that was sent to me by, um, Umar over at DeFixer's Hideout, another great podcast. And um, he, they, every week... Yeah. I'm hungry again. Okay, the Karen, and, and that's funny because I'm getting ready to talk about her. Don't talk about me behind my back. She's, I record out of the kitchen, and she's here to get some food. But uh, Umar over at DeFixer's Hideout, they do a thing every week where they do uh, Best in Podcast. And of... Of the episodes of other podcasts that they chose in, um, I think it was episode 65, maybe, they chose episode number 72 of Just Another Fanboy as one of their entrants of Best in Podcast. And picked specifically for the story I told at the beginning of episode 72 about the hooligans knocking on the... I'm not going to I'm not gonna go through the whole story. Go back and listen to the dang episode. It was a terrifying night. It was a very terrifying night, which caused Karen to basically go out and try to kick some booty. Okay, she went on a little recon mission. I'll put it that way. And uh, Umar thought it was so funny that uh, he put together Karen's, Karen's theme song. So I'll go ahead and play that for you now. In 1999, a crack commando was sent to prison by a military court for a crime she did not commit. This commando promptly escaped from a military stockade to the Kansas underground. Today, still wanted by the government, she survives as a wife to a fanboy and a soldier of fortune. If you have a problem and you can find her and have enough gas for the pickup, maybe you can hire Karen, Kansas Ranger. Alright, so on that note, we're going to wrap the show up because I'm just now looking at the clock and it's 10.30 and I still have to edit and get this sucker out there on the web and uh, this young man's gotta see? That's how late it is. This young man's gotta get up early in the morning because I got a training class to train early in the morning. So uh, let's uh, let's get your voicemails into the show. Dial one eight 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 six five four two two seven eight. Then the ten digit number is five seven eight 
232-6269. Enter the PIN 4242 and then press 2 to save. And then it's going to have you, uh, you know, you'll, you'll record, you'll press 2, and it's going to have you press pound to post your voicemail. That All those numbers will, of course, be in the show notes. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. Find that over at comicbooknoise.com slash league. We're also a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Find that at comicspodcasts.com. Yeah, that's it. So until next week, I'm Steven and I'm Just Another Fanboy. Take care of your teeth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.